Today's episode of The Chase Report is brought to you by your dad's latest DIY project. Because nothing says essential like heading to Bunnings at 7am on a Wednesday to pick up a brand new chicken coop flat pack. Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Hello and welcome to The Chaser Report for Wednesday the 18th of August 2021. Quick team meeting, Charles. Yes. First thing to say is Gabby's gone off for a week to be glamorous and work in television, so she'll be back very soon. Missing her already, but we, we press on, don't we, Charles? Yeah, that's right. Um, we, we've never felt this experience before where one of our colleagues has gone off to have a brighter career in TV. Mm. It's, um, it's a very, very new experience for us. Yeah, I mean. Oh, isn't it? She'll realise, I'm sure, through that processing that podcasting is where the glamour is and the opportunity and the the money, but that's okay. Let her. Yeah, that's right. Go that's off and right. Learn. We're not. We're not bitter. No. no. Let her just no. go and yeah. camp out. W- work with Will Anderson and Jan Fran. Yeah, you know, like that's slum it, slum it. You know, they, uh, she'll work with them, and she'll go. Oh my god, I, I wish I was working with Dom and Charles. Yeah, I had it so good. We're never going to see her again. Anyway, <laughs> so that's point one. Point two, mm. Charles. Yesterday, I think we acknowledged that all of the lockdown discussion about the endless yes. boringness and how every day was the same. It got it with Milbo, with Dave Milner. It got a little bit too dark and repetitive, and we've just we've got to stop having episodes yes. like that. All right, we've got so, to stop being so negative about everything. Yeah, I just we've got to inject some hope and humour into into the world. That's what we're for. We're here yes. for, for for a bit of light, a bit of fun. Even when everything else seems dark, you can trust this podcast to shine a light and yes. cheer you up. That's the promise from here on. That's what we're going to do, that, Charles. That's our value proposition. Yep. That's why you download it each That's day. That's why you download it every day, and more and more people do every day. We had our best numbers ever yesterday, so thank you for that. Yeah. But, Charles, what are we going to talk about today? Well, actually, some really good news out of New South Wales, Dom. At last. Yes, which is, I mean, li- listen to it. It's very upbeat. In September and October, which will be our most difficult months. There's no doubt that September and October, until we get to that 70% double dose and as free as possible during those difficult months, doesn't mean we'll be living completely freely, no. And we envisage that case numbers in the next two or three weeks will bounce around and are likely to go up substantially. See, worst (laughs) is yet to come, but Um, she did say it in a very upbeat manner, didn't she? I don't think you're quite getting the feedback that I was giving Charles. I guess it, may, no. it means that every day is not the you're, same. You're, see, you're just seeing things as glass half empty, aren't you, Dom? Yeah. You you and your negativity going, well, just because the worst is in front of us mm. means that, you know, that's a bad thing. But, but what I'm saying is if you think about it, we haven't experienced the really bad bit yet, which oh. means we're, we're, it's really good. If nothing else, it will be different. Yes, it's I'll different. I'll take different. Yes. Worse different, but yeah, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. They've started, ch- the police have started shutting down children's playgrounds around the city. Blacktown children's playgrounds have all been shut down yesterday afternoon. I mean, that's that's a thin slither of what might sort of unfold over the coming months. But, okay. you know, like, um, who knows? Every day will be a surprise. So, Aim one was optimism, but the second thing we want to do differently is talk about more mm. different things. So it's not just lockdown every day. Oh, no, Melbourne sucks. Oh, no. Sydney sucks. So, Charles, yes. I'm on that. What we've yes. commissioned for this episode yes. is something we haven't talked about before at all this entire no. year. Yes. Afghanistan. Afghanistan, yes. That's going to be a positive, upbeat chat. Yeah. We've got Craig coming in and trying to solve the crisis in mm. Afghanistan. To be frank, I haven't kept across the Afghani news, but I, I assume – 
it's all going completely fine. And I think that'll be good. That'll be that's a good news story to look forward to later in the episode. Charles, I think you may have just qualified for the other thing we're doing today, which is Alex is joining us to run through some of the worst takes uh, on the situation in Afghanistan. So um, uh, it's it's not going to be talking about the lockdown. It's going to be talking about another internal disaster that has no sign of being resolved. Anyway, hmm. let's go to Rebecca Dean and we know in the Chaser newsroom. The same media that called Dan Andrews a dictator last year has now demanded New South Wales become a police state. The Murdoch media have rallied behind moves to give the New South Wales police uncapped power because apparently calling in the military wasn't bad enough. The New South Wales Police Commissioner told everyone changes will be made soon and has advised the public to keep their eyes on John Barillaro's Twitter for announcements. A new land speed record has been achieved by Scott Morrison this week after he was caught running away from dealing with his mistakes. Morrison was clocked breaking the sound barrier this week when he was asked to give an apology to Australians on the vaccine rollout, to which Scott responded by bolting in the opposite direction. The PM is expected to compete in the Brisbane Olympics with the proviso he is not held responsible for making sure the Games run smoothly. Staff and students of Average Public High School are in high spirits as they celebrate the 20th anniversary of their temporary demountable classrooms being installed. The day also marks 19 years since the school started promising they would soon be torn down. When asked if anyone at Average Public knew the definition of the word temporary, students pointed out the word is for some reason included in the Google search block list by the state government. That's the latest headlines from the Chaser Newsroom. I'm Rebecca Dayunamuno. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Today's episode of The Chase Report is brought to you by Third Degree Sunburn in Winter. Because Dad's way too keen about making this DIY project fun for the whole family. Ouch! That's my head! Craig's Flawless Solutions. Caution might contain flaws. So, uh, look, the, uh, you know, the Institute of Flawless Solutions, uh, <laughs> the multi-million dollar organisation that it is, mm. has been charged with a very interesting challenge this week. I am. It's to try and solve, uh, trying to save a lot of money in the health area. Oh, I am. You know, yeah. You know that lots of money we waste in the health area on on prevention. It's a waste. I mean, who knows? It might not be, be, mm. end up being a problem at all. Yeah, that's it's, true. That's exactly like my mechanic always says, mm-hmm. oh, do you want to change the tyres? They're getting a bit bald. Something like yes. that. And you're going, but hang on, we don't know. Like, they could last one month. They could last 12 months. We just exactly. don't know. Wait exactly. until they Why? burst. Before Why you- bother eating healthily when you could be hit by a bus? It's this yeah. ridiculous waste of your time. And yes. I mean, prevention is so much worse than the cure in many cases. At least that's what Clive Palmer's been telling me. Exactly. <laughs> and this is it. So what we're doing is a fascinating study, actually. We're looking at the way in which Australian politics operates and seeing if we can take lessons from that and take them into the medical field, right? So, for yeah, instance, right. if you look at, currently speaking, you know, the Delta variant, lots of people are like, oh, act now, act now, you know, mm. and you go, no, no, yeah. let's just see if this is going to be a problem, right? Let's mm. just settle back. Well, let's I see mean, if Delta's going to become a problem. In fairness, that was that was the Gladys approach. Mm. She left it like 11 days 
Just that's what sit. I'm saying. Yes, I think that was that's very brilliant approach. We didn't wise. waste. We didn't lock down any businesses unnecessarily. No, until we yes. were like, oh no, definitely. There's definitely the Delta variant, right? Yeah, people talk about the eight weeks that we've been in lockdown. But they don't count the 11 days that we weren't in lockdown. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Also, I mean, there's been a lot of talk right now. Like, like mm. I've seen been watching these news stories for like years now, absolute years, literally years, talking about should we bring back the translators that worked with the Aussie troops in Afghanistan and bring them in as, you know, we need to protect mm. them and bring them here. Yes. And, and correctly, like the government was like, whoa, let's just hold. I mean, maybe yes. Afghanistan will become a utopian place that everyone wants to stay in. Let's just hold back. Let's yes. not act too early. Mm. But, and, but uh, hang on, Craig. I don't, yeah. I don't want to I don't wanna try and, um, you know, find flaws in this beautiful glass that you're uh, constructing. But um, I'm not even this, to the – this is not even the flawed bit yet. Hasn't this, <laughs> hasn't this approach ended us up in an unprecedentedly shit situation from which there's no escape? I'm both in Afghanistan the, and in New South both. Wales. No, it's like climate change as well. You just got to wait. Like, don't bother spending a lot of money and time right now solving the problem. Just wait until you really, really, really know it's a problem, okay? Yeah. And, and, and that makes sense on climate change as well because – you know, like say you invent a machine that fixes t- climate change, right? Mm. Now people will probably pay you, I don't know, a hundred bucks for that now. But when the whole world is going to shit, they'll probably pay you a thousand bucks for exactly the same exactly. machine, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So genius. So anyway, so what I've been doing is taking these brilliant lessons from our from our leadership and trying to apply them to the health thing. So you know, I'll, I'll go into hospitals and say, okay, let's use the lessons we've yes. learned from politics here and see mm. how it can solve problems here. So for instance, like, uh, ask me, you know, throw a disease at me and I'll tell you how we mm. now solve it. Cancer. Cancer. Okay. Well, you you wait till the person's dead. And then you look into solving that problem. You see, and look at think of all the think of all the money we've solved in that process. Yes. Because you look at all these cancer institutes everywhere. Yes. A lot of money goes into an enormous amount. Yes. Wait till we're absolutely certain it's going to be a problem, mm. and yeah, that's the place to do it. But to what, throw another one at me. What about something like hepatitis E, which sort of affects your liver and and um, it can be quite debilitating over a number of years. Can it? Can it kill you? Yeah, yeah, eventually. Well, then you wait till they're dead. <laughs> oh, I see. Right. Yeah, what, about, what, about something, what about something like you, you smash your elbow? Smash your elbow? Oh, yeah. You did that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I guess- It's not life-threatening, but- It's not know. life-threatening, but see, the moment what you people would do is they'd go, oh, let's put that in a cast and reorient yes. it and that kind of thing. Now, you don't know that that's not going to just heal itself if you leave it out. Right. Save that money up front. Just just don't do anything now. Just save it. Well, hang on. What about Ebola? Like, what about something that's absolutely disgusting and very, very fatal and just awful? Like, no one w- would want to get Ebola. Surely you're not going to wait till after they die. Well, of course. Why waste? Why, why do something early, Tom? Have you learned nothing from our last several years here? Mm. This is a brilliant approach. I, 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 I can't help feeling, especially with something like Ebola, that if you, if you let it just fester, that it might spread a bit. Yeah, Wait. see, I think you might, I think you may have missed the Delta variant lesson we learned earlier. <laughs> so you're basically saying don't have a medical system at all. Yeah. 
Great. You just simply well, look, don't I'm do not, anything. No, no. Look, whatever you can do after people are dead, you should really be good at that. <laughs> but just stop wasting all this money in prevention. Like, stop solving problems before they become absolute gut-wrenchingly terrible problems. Because I think the health industry is about, what, a $300 billion a year industry globally? I think that's about right, isn't it? I haven't looked into it that much. Look, I, I'm a very top-level analyst. <laughs> but you're saying that the funeral industry, which would only be, I don't know, a $10 billion a year industry, that could be our next $300 billion a year industry. No, see, no, because no, um, the funeral industry has asked me to apply the lessons we've learnt from our political leadership to their thing. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> so I'm talking to them now and the whole thing is like yeah. going, should we yeah. bury this body? Like, well, I don't know. Like, we don't know it's going <laughs> to rot yet. Let's just really, why don't you leave it in your backyard and just see what happens? That's going to save a lot of money and time too. Craig, <laughs> do you need to rebrand your your institute? Because I'm not sure that you're, they used to come up with solutions that were highly As flawed. As the Federal Liberal Party, is that what you're saying, Dom? <laughs> yeah. I just think maybe flawless in action is, um, is the vision now. Is that right? You can imagine how much time you have. Like, <clears throat> I have put this to, to play in my own life. I make curry all the time. It just gives yeah. you so much time back. <laughs> but what happens, Craig, when after your, your months and months and years of inaction on bushfires and vaccines and COVID and the Delta variant leads to you going down in the polls and then losing the next election? Do you then do nothing still and let it happen until your political career dies? Or is that the point where you spring into action? Oh, no, you just throw lots of money at solving that problem. You just yeah, buy the whole lot of car parts, don't you? Oh. Yeah, it's the last three months, you just throw yeah. shitloads of money at that. That's the yeah. one thing that can be solved yeah. with large amounts of money and acting at the right time. That's it. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Now, as we mentioned with Craig, of course, uh, things are not good in Afghanistan right now, not just in terms of, you know, the Taliban running over everything, but also in terms of some of the commentary. Alex has been taking a look at some of the worst takes on Afghanistan. Hey, Alex. Hey there. Yeah, there are a lot of a lot of bad takes. I mean, <laughs> I guess the Taliban's just working faster than we expected, so everyone else has to has to pull out their shit takes as quickly as possible. <laughs> yes. Makes them a lot more entertaining. Um, the first one I found is is from Australia. It's a tweet from Matt Canavan. Now, in case listeners don't know, National Party politician, big friend of the coal lobby, also holds a world record for eating the most coal in one sitting. It's three <laughs> kilograms. Yet, the day the Taliban took Kabul, he tweeted, does anyone know whether the Taliban will sign up to net zero? I see what he did there. So wait, wait a minute. So what was going through his mind there? Was it was he trying to say that even the Taliban make the Liberal Party look like Neanderthals <laughs> on coal? Is that the... It was well, the... It, he did try to defend himself. He said, in Australia, we focus too much on first world problems. And this was a, his cheeky way to attack Ah, that. yes. Because so that's like, right. Because the climate change is only going to affect yeah, first world. Exactly. Is, that, is that like when Scott Morrison came up and said, well, look, at least no one's shooting at you. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, look, I am grateful that we're overrun by Matt Canavan instead of the 
the Taliban, not just barely. Well, but, and and actually, but more importantly, are they going to sign up for net zero? This is this is important. <laughs> it's a big <laughs> question. I, yeah. I, I can guarantee they'll do it before we do. <laughs> Canavan's not alone, though. Uh, there are lots of people echoing his sentiment. You got Mike Pompeo. Uh, Trump's Secretary of State, he agrees with Canavan. He said, um, this is in the context of the Biden administration that has basically abandoned the global stage in favour of climate change. So they've abandoned... Because they care about climate change so much, they don't want to be in a country that's halfway around the world. So they've... they've, Hang on. So they've abandoned the world... Like They've abandoned dealing with the issues of the world to deal with the biggest issue of the world. That makes perfect sense. I mean, surely it's not a trade-off. He also blamed um, critical race theory, so it's half climate change, half... He did not. That is not true. That is not true. We did the... We literally... That was in a Chaser article yesterday. (laughs) So that's real. We're not fast enough. we we got to keep up with the shit takes. They come every second. Fuck! (laughs) Wait till Pompeii hears about the Taliban's Green New Deal. (laughs) But, I mean, it goes to show Canavan isn't crazy. He's just as sane as any other Trump supporter. Oh, he goes on on, um, Steve Bannon's podcast, and now we know why. Exactly. But, yeah, everyone was weighing in. You had um, the Bitcoin community uh, drew some important lessons from Afghanistan as well. They say... Um, Taliban's takeover of major cities in Afghanistan caused that country's citizens to scramble for cash, which bankers of cryptocurrencies claim is an indicator for the need for more decentralized money. Oh, what a surprise. <laughs> it's very clear. It's very clear, you know, your yeah. country gets taken over by a rural warlord kind of theocracy, but you don't have to wait in line for a bank. That's... I don't think... That, I think they shouldn't be called hot takes or shit takes. Or they should be called confirmation bias takes. These are just yeah. people ramming whatever they're... <laughs> Most uh, into into whatever into Afghanistan. Yeah, no, like, exactly. You know what I, my take on Afghanistan is now, having heard all this, I think that uh, they should make better coffee in, um, you know, and train their baristas better. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got to say that for me, the Taliban's takeover has really made me. Want to buy a house in Sydney someday? Yeah. Um, no. One, yeah. one of the most one of the most amazing ones we had was from Tucker Carlson on Fox News. Now he's got oh. one of the most watched cable news shows in America. Yeah, the new so, Bill O'Reilly. Exactly, but better, much better. Since Kabul has just fallen, it might be worth asking the most obvious question of all: Why did the Taliban win? How did the sixth century triumph over the twenty-first century? It turns out that the people of Afghanistan don't actually want gender studies symposia. They didn't actually buy the idea that men can become pregnant. They thought that was ridiculous. They don't hate their own masculinity. They don't think it's toxic. They like the patriarchy. Some of their women like it too. So now they're getting it all back. Wait a minute. So he's pro-Taliban. Yeah, yeah, he loves them. Wow. I mean, this is a theocracy that literally, when women turn up to university a day or two ago, they're just told to go home and put on a burqa. Like, what a... You can't even be comedic about this. Is it so weird and gymnastic that he actually thinks that America should have pulled out of Afghanistan so that the Taliban could take over? Is that... Yeah. Like, is that part of his thinking? Like, like, is he on Osama bin Laden's side in this? Well, to, to be fair, I th- always found it a little bit odd when, like, you know, far-right Americans pretended that they were at odds with far-right in the Middle East. I think yeah. all it takes is for the US to pull out and suddenly they can embrace each other again. Yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, well, that is true. I mean, 
Because the Taliban's anti-vaxxer as well. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of but shared it, values there. Yeah, yeah. anti-abortion. Ta- sort of Tucker perfect. Carlson is a fundamentalist weirdo, so I really hope he doesn't take over America. Well, what's shocked me is that I always assume when these things come out that we've reached like the peak of the culture war, but then there's just more and more things, and it's gone to the point where I guess their brains rotted so much that you know everything is subsumed by the logic of the culture war. Like they care more about someone's gender than about an actual war that exists. That's yeah, it's more important for him to discredit the notion of gender studies than a religious theocracy taking over Afghanistan after 20 years of the US trying to keep them out. That is quite extraordinary. But, I mean, at the same time, it's not it's not that weird considering that they Taliban were our friends, you know, 30 years ago. Like, it's, it's, just, it's just things going back to normal. But it's one thing to, you know, have a shit take and have an audience react to it, but... They can't hold a candle to the kind of OG Afghan shit takes of the 80s. These were shit takes by people who actually had power, you know. The shit takes by Western leaders who were, you know, funding and training what is essentially the Taliban. I want to say that the hearts of the free world are with you and with those of your countrymen. So that was Margaret Thatcher, was it? Welcoming the Taliban. Uh, of the Taliban. Yeah, the freedom fighters. Oh, wow. The oh, the Mujahideen. Yeah. Yeah, wow. You got Ronald Reagan as well saying these gentlemen are the moral equivalent of America's founding fathers. I mean, I don't think Margaret Thatcher would have fared well under Taliban rule. I mean, that <laughs> that would have been a lot of hair to fit into a burqa. I don't think the Taliban would have survived <laughs> under Thatcher's rule. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's just coming full circle, you know. We're finally free to love the Taliban again, which I think is a great time. And I think we, as a chaser, we should take the cue Yes. You know, jump jump on board. You know, just like in the 80s, Hollywood loved them. Um, you had the end of Rambo 3. They had a big screen at the end of the movie saying, this film is dedicated to the brave Mujahideen fighters of Afghanistan. So what I would suggest is that we take a page from Rambo and we just end this segment, you know, just by acknowledging this podcast is dedicated to the brave Mujahideen fighters of Afghanistan. <laughs> Uh, that's a that's a terrible take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I oh, thank you for finishing it with the worst take of all, Alexa. Um, yeah, that's right. You, you might have done them all. But it's certainly true that there is no more gender studies in Afghanistan's university because there's no more women in Afghanistan's <laughs> university. Well done, Tucker. Well done. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Today's episode of The Chase Report is brought to you by the unintended side effects of doing DIY with the whole family. Quick, he's losing blood! Before we go, Craig, Dom, uh, I've got a bit of a complaint about one of my sons. <laughs> I love your parenting. <laughs> On the weekend, yep. where it was his birthday, right? And we gave him quite a bit of money. Like, I'm talking, you know, a couple of hundred bucks. Right? Wow. Mm-hmm. And Impressive. just before I just started recording this, I just got a phone call from him. And, like, mm. he's only about 20 metres away. He's literally upstairs. So he couldn't be bothered to come downstairs and ask me. 
<laughs> he, he calls me up. And on his phone, which we gave him for his birthday just two days ago, right? Like, you know, pretty fucking spoiled, if you ask me. Anyway, and he asks to borrow some money, right? Really? And going, we gave you 200 bucks like three days ago. What have you done with this What's money? What's done with it? Where's it gone? Well, this is the thing. So he, so he wanted to borrow the money for some sort of in-app purchase for a gun. But guess what he'd spent all his birthday money so on? So just before you go to where he spent, did you say in, in that purchase for a gun? So yeah, you're letting like your kids on, have guns, but but virtually. Is, is that good on parenting? Gun. On Valorant. G-U-N. Yeah, so you can shoot people in the face. What are you doing about? It's, it's normal. <laughs> He's 13. Come on. It was a program. I, I apologise. Yeah. For a second, I was going to criticise your parenting approach. But <laughs> thank God that's a gun. Not, yeah. Charles, not Charles does else. regularly say, I feel like shooting you in the face to me. So yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. it's a violent family. What can I say? Yeah. Um, no, no. So guess what he spent all his birthday money on? Well, if he's yes. 13, it's probably porn. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, that's disgusting. No. I thought he'd spend it on like, Beer or something like that. you know, like drugs or something, heroin maybe. He spent it on a, a mechanical keyboard to play music and become like a really great pianist. No, 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 not no, like just a qwerty keyboard for typing. But literally a keyboard for his computer. So, which has a nice. But does it have thing. flashing lights, which will make him seem cooler when he's playing computer games? Charles? It doesn't even have flashing lights. It's just like a fucking clicky keyboard. So, Charles, are you saying mm. that your son? became a teenager, and the coolest thing he could think of to do for his birthday was a keyboard for his computer? I think he's a nerd. I think we, I think. Mm. Charles, didn't you run a, literally when you were like 13, 14, you ran a computer ca- company? I know. I wanted him to rebel. I wanted him to be different. <laughs> I wanted him to, uh, to have, hey, have oh, heroin look. or... Don't get me wrong, Charles. We wanted your children to be different to you as but well. <laughs> I think if he's going to choose parts of your life to copy, yes. uh, I think the dubious comedy career and the um, wild partying, drug taking lifestyle. I think best to pick the computer nerd part out of that portfolio. Computer nerd part, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not so much on the gun front, but you know, I, I presume that's fine. Anyway, so do you think I should give him the seventeen dollars he wanted for this gun, or because I sort of think at least then it's a little bit wild and reckless. Like maybe I should make him earn it. By, like, smoking a joint or something? No, it's, it's probably some nerdy gun for a computer game that can't even kill anybody. I, like, make sure he spends it on a real weapon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Wait until he asks for a machete. <laughs> yeah, make sure you continue your really bad parenting. Like, don't, yeah, don't yeah. settle for only bad parenting. Yeah, no, exactly. Oh, yeah. Good. Good. Thank, thanks, Craig. Yeah. By the way, Charles, um, it's funny that you it's, – it's funny the things you get used to because mm. – you're like, I can't believe he's just called me from in this actual house. Like, mm. get used to that, man. Like, like, oh really? You know, Is that, there's, there's no way my kids would ever walk the five meters <laughs> to my room to say something to me. <laughs> That's ridiculous, Charles. Mm. <laughs> so in that case, Craig, they're taking after me. How does that work? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, my God. This is what it is. This is what Apple is leading to. Forget all the secrecy and privacy stuff and all that. Apple is leading to an, a, a world of DOMs. No! <laughs> you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Our gear is from Rode Microphones, and we are part of the ACAST Crowder Network. Catch you tomorrow.